The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Helliens. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I am joined by my trio tag team partners. To my right is none other than the educator of excellence, educator. How you doing this Thursday morning? Oh, it's Thursday. A week has set in from my appointment with my knee, waiting for physical therapy to be approved through Workman's Comp, and deciding what we're going to eventually do if this physical therapy does not work. It has been a long road to try to get answers as to what happened back in February. But yeah, we're, uh, we're trucking along and doing as best we can. Does this give you hope for the American healthcare system, knowing that this happened in February? Yeah, February 25th is when I actually got injured, and here we are now, uh, gosh, almost two, two months later. Two months. And now it's a matter of now I have to wait for Workman's Comp to approve uh, physical therapy. I awesome. mean, it's a good thing a Good thing your, your leg isn't falling off the bone because yeah. – <laughs> Um, that would be bad, but it's just, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, so anyways, we also have to my left, the masked library, Kevin Hellions. Kevin, how are you? All right. All right. You know, I, I think I want to add another nickname in there. Okay. I am the Indy Hartwell of glow wrestling podcast. <laughs> Oh, why is that, Kevin? I'm just lusting over other talent. Oh, and okay. Being absolutely ridiculous in it. Are, are you enjoying the uh, index? The index is fantastic. She is amazing in that role, and her the the things they have allowed her to get away with saying is wonderful. You're just loving life, Kevin. I am. I am. Because I mean, let's be honest. I'm kind of a character on here too. You're something all right. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so guys, we are watching Glow um, series, episode seven, episode eight, Nanachka's Reign, part seven and eight. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, you know, uh, last week I talked about my hatred for Tyler Florence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have set my sights on a new target. Oh, baby. Are they... 
is this new Target also in Discovery Plus? It is. So Discovery oh. Plus, guys, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> is a fantastic streaming service. It is like cotton candy for the eyes, this Discovery Plus, because there's nothing on Discovery Plus that's substance, but but watching it just puts you in a good place. So uh, my new addiction is not a, uh, we're not going to go after a, a, another reality show host. It is my dream lottery home. So what this is, Kevin, <laughs> you'll like this. Is this show takes lottery winners, you know, newly won. Uh, first episode, they won the Powerball, $188 million. And now they're buying their dream home for their family. It is fantastic. <laughs> they're going all around the country, going to different areas. It's fascinating to me to see, like, this person won $10 million. What's their budget? How much do they want to spend? This person won $1,000 a day for life. All right, what's your budget? Like, you don't have that lump sum of money, but you know you're going to get, you know, $360,000, you know, a year, you know, pre-tax. So what does that look like? So uh, just fascinating, fascinating stuff. Uh, good to watch. You guys should check it out. You know, I thought you were going to say it was all like hundred plus million dollar winners, like crazy stuff. But adding in like the thousand a week for life and all, that is the difference. If I won a thousand a week for life, I'd still work. That's not enough that I would say, oh, I'm never going to work again in my life. I would still work. And then I would just have the 50,000 a year extra. But if I was had a hundred million, oh, I'm done working. Also, I'm going to just buy ridiculous stuff for the house because I'm not working. So I will have nothing better to do but buy more ridiculous stuff for my $100 million house. <laughs> it, it's also interesting, too, to see where what areas of the country, like what a million dollars in New York gets you compared to a million dollars right. in Minnesota. True. Absolutely. Or California. Like, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's a fun show. It's a fun show. I started watching it actually with my uh, with my parental units. Um, I was over to their house one night, and my mom loves the show, and the whole family started watching it. And they have a British version as well, of course. So. International. Now that be, and that could be an interesting um, price difference, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Some of the stuff, especially when they're countryside versus more towards the city, different things like that. So, um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great show. Uh, the, the one I thought was interesting was these guys won... Um, $1,000 a day for life. They're older, so you can either take that money or you get a lump sum of $7 million, Okay. Really? So, so you probably go based on your age, right? Like, right. if I was to win, I would take the $1,000 a day because I did the math. It's only 19 years would be the $7 million. Although, I might just take the $7 million. I don't know. Because <laughs> then I could retire. Because think about this, Kevin. You said you, you said okay, you get a thousand dollars a week for life, right? Fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, like it'd still work. All right, but say if you could get a lump sum of two point five million, would you retire? I don't know because like, uh, like a million dollars would be fifty grand for twenty years, pretty much. Dirty math. So no, I wouldn't retire. I, I wouldn't stop working then because then I when I actually reach retirement age, I have nothing put into a retirement. Like that money's just gone. Two million, I'm like, oh, maybe. But then uh, you got then you got the people coming out of the woodwork. 
if I just won a million, I'm supporting myself. I haven't done anything for anyone else. The more money you win, it's like this family member wants money. That family, you know, whose houses are you paying off? Whose debts are you taking care of? What gifts are you buying? Who, um, how much do you guys think it would take for you to to retire? How much money, Matt? Educator, if you won the lotto, I mean, your your guys' lives are different than mine because it's just me. Uh, educator, you got children to think about. Right. You got your wife. How much money do you think it would take for you for to you? just walk walk away from everything right now yeah. and feel like I could be comfortable for the rest of my life and maybe put my kids through college and whatnot? Probably about ten million. Probably yeah. ten, a ten million. Lump now sum. is that is that pre tax, post tax, or is post tax? A, yeah, no. clearing ten million. Yeah. I was now now say, my question, my you, question to you though, educator too. Okay, you win the lot of ten million. Quit the teaching job. I would quit the teaching job. I probably on. quit. Quit driving school. No. Stay on at the game store. Probably stay on. I would probably, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I would probably do like one or two days a week at the driving school and one or two days a week at the store. Would you just to you, sit, just to be out and about? If you did hit that money, would you? Become partners in the game store, get a bigger I would, space. I would, I would look into doing that if there was interest on his end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, how much do you think it would t- cost you to uh, retire? I, I was gonna say ten. Um, I think I could, because you're mentioning that that lump sum of seven. I think that could be a possible one. You know, start breaking down the math and everything for it. Um, I agree with educator though. It's not about work. You know, he's, he's not saying like, oh, I really want to do this for the money, for work. It's the joy of the game store. Right. Seeing all the stuff that comes in, having the social interaction. Like, you would still need something. Like if I was doing crazy, you know, unlimited money, I would take my diamond previews catalog that comes out every month, go to my comic store and write one of each. What do you mean one of each? Everything in here. One of each. That's what I want. At that point, I may as well just hang out there a couple hours every day, too, right. or at least every Wednesday. My only thing, too, is when it comes to collecting, if you have unlimited money, collecting is not fun anymore, in my opinion. I, I think the fun is finding that deal, finding your VHS tapes on Macari for 12 to $20. To me, that's that's the fun of it. Um, if I had unlimited money, I could just go on eBay, I'll buy this, I'll buy that. Like... Well, you, you still need the hunt and the discovery for it to be right. joyful. Like, okay, crazy money. In our hometown, there's a comic store that is closed, but everything's sitting in there. And there's a whole weird story behind it, but that's a story for another day. I would flat out call him up and say, I will offer you X amount of money for the entire store right now. Then my joy would be in getting that home which would have to be a bigger home at this point obviously and then spending the next month or so digging through everything so i'm still discovering what i have it is not all mine i own it but i don't know what i have yet so the discovery of going through it all and like oh my gosh this is here and you know putting together sets and collections all and that would still be enjoyment as opposed to like oh i could just go on ebay and buy all this in one shop yeah I, I would think, still have a hunt aspect to it. I, I think I would retire on like $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. I could, you know, I could pick up a part-time job just to not have the headache of my big boy job now. Don't have to deal with it. Um, I think that's what I would do. Though. 
That would have to be post-tax. If I hit like the lotto, oh, I won two million. You got to think, okay, tax. I'm probably going to end up. With you're about, losing one point like, two. Yeah, you're losing fifty percent. Like in the grand scheme of things, which is not a lot. And, you know, one point two. I would buy a house probably. Not right. sure where. Um, do you guys have a dream location you would you would purchase a house? Right where I'm at. I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm in a little town I think that it, I'm in now. And I, I think it's tougher for you guys with the kids. Well, right. especially for yeah. you, educator, with your with, with your children being in high school and different things like that, you wouldn't want to move them. Kevin, with with Declan being younger, um, if you hit the lotto, would you just live in Rome? Where would you it go? Would, it would probably be what school do we think is best. Like where, if we move, and it'd probably still be New York, but where is he set up that he can succeed? And then we'll decide from there. Maybe you move to next to the educator. Maybe. Maybe. I I have a friend in one of the other towns around here that she said, unless you, when I was asking like, oh, where should we take him to school for, you know, certain needs of his and all. She's like, unless you're moving into my school district and I'm his teacher, then you're in a good place right now. Like, oh, all right. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, because I was thinking about that, too. If I was to win, like, you know, $1.2 million or whatever, I probably would buy, like, property at that point, rent out places and try to get income that way. Uh, but I ain't going to do anything. I, I've decided, like, if I if it turns out, like, I hit the money, guys, there's no more podcast. There's no more <laughs> I'm retiring it from it all. There you go. It's going to be me and Brock Lesnar guy sitting front row. It's me, Brock Lesnar guy, Teddy Hart, front row at all shows. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the crew. Your jackets will look better than his. My chalk lines? Mm-hmm. Love those chalk lines. Mm-hmm. He's involved in some chalk lines, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> what happens. That's what happens. Well, anyways, that's some uh, some good thing. Oh, my other thing, too, guys, is I am going to hit the lotto. Oh, all right. You have a system? Yeah, I do have a system. So, I buy scratch-offs every week, but I only buy one kind of scratch-off, okay? So, you can go onto the New York Lottery website, and it tells you how many jackpots are available of each scratch-off that are still out there for this run. So, the one that I'm buying, I go with the most jackpots. Okay. Because why would I spend twenty dollars on a cash word where the big prize is five million, but that big prize has already been won? That's true. That's fair. So I put my money towards this scratch off, which is not going to give the name out. You can do the research no, no. yourself out there for all the people out there. But <laughs> uh, ten million is the is the is the uh, the jackpot. I'm going to win that. I, I'm putting it on the vision board, guys. It's on the board. So, I'll give you some money, Kevin. Don't worry. Okay. Matt, you want some money too? I'll give you some money. I'll throw you some I, cash. I could be all right. You know, you know, you, you, you take care of me as best you can. I, I thought you guys like. I was thinking about that too. Like, how much money would I give my friends? Right. Like ten grand, twenty grand. Like nothing that's going to, to break me, but you know, a significant amount of money that in the <laughs> long run, uh, you know, could buy a new car, could put it towards the kids' schooling, stuff like that. Right. Like, Right. Pay off a house. You know what I mean? Like just different things like that. I, I mean, if you want, it'll be interesting to see how many friends you suddenly have. 
right? Yeah. yeah. People you haven't talked to all of a sudden. Yeah. Hey, remember those times we used to hang out? Educator, educators. Here's ten grand for the kids' college. All of a sudden, educators got these men on card, green, greenback, uh, <laughs> green one, two, three kid. Hasbro's baby. Where'd you get those? Like, Don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> these are my kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why don't we get right into Glow, Episode 7, Episode 8. Of course, we're starting with Episode 7 here. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but we're going to start in the Glow Rock locker room. We're oh, once okay. again in Las Vegas at the Riviera. Uh, we're going to run down the card. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's Glow Gossip, and then we get our rap intro. Um, I mean, this is standard, guys. There's nothing that it's... It is what it is at this point. It's who's beating up the referee this week in the locker mm-hmm. room after the sarcastic comment. Then it's the rundown, you know, of the of the matches. Interesting. Basically, we're finishing both shows with battle royals. Yeah, we got I, a tag battle important. royal first, and then we've got a, a twenty-eight lady battle royal for the second show. So, yeah, I when this goes through, I'll write down who which which gorgeous lady of wrestling comes in for the locker room joke right and if there's a very good dad joke in any of the segments i'll write that down as well but that's usually about it for these yeah it's just i mean it is what it is uh but that leads us right into match number one which is godiva taking on rocky aster uh godiva of course coming out on the horse which is uh being led by beastie um I have a question for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. How did one of these wrestlers not die from the suplex that ends the match? Oh, I, my God. Yeah, I'm just I had it wrote down here. That was this uh, uh, meant to be a brain buster or this was an obvious botch on Roxy's end. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Godiva did not like have significant, significant neck or back injuries from the spot because ouch. It did not look like it went well. And I mean, we, we've seen Godiva recently on social media. She seems fine, you know, because this is one of the moves I I was waiting for her to not get up. One, I was shocked when she did. And then I was expecting her. Granted, we don't know what order things were taped and bum like this is the last we see of her. And, and it's not. But I thought for sure. I'm like, she's done. She's at least got a stinger. If not paralyzed, if not rehab that was nasty and it wasn't i've seen moves that i think they shouldn't be doing and when it started out i had no problem with it i didn't think it was going to come down the way it did but going up i thought the move was fine yeah it looked like it was a regular suplex just a delayed like british bulldog suplex kind of deal and then when she just pretty much dropped straight down i'm like oh all that's that's not good and then the awkward pin at the end where it was like she didn't do a full cover pin. It was more of a, I'm going to lay here, maybe barely put my arm on top of you. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet she thought she hurt Godiva in this. I think so, so too. Yeah. Um, side note here. Just sorry. Speaking of Bulldog delayed suplex there. Have either of you seen the Boar's delayed suplex? Where he picks up, holds the opponent, and then does this full squat with the opponent straight up in the air? Oh, no, I have not. Oh my god, fan. It's amazing. Crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. So uh I wish I could do a squat. Something, <laughs> something, 
something something about a torn meniscus, I guess. I don't know. I thought you did a couple squats in my house during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> once the potatoes hit. <laughs> once they did. Oof. Um oh one thing too I just want to throw out. I forgot to to mention on our uh run in. Uh, educator, thank you so much because uh Educator made his bed when he left did. when he left the did house. Really? Absolutely, man. Oh. That's the way you do it. You return things back the way you borrow them from. So thank oh. you. I appreciate that. All right. All right. I think you can thank me for keeping my shorts on in my sleep. It stays cool in my apartments. I wasn't really worried. <laughs> it does stay cool down here. So, anyways, why don't we break down match number one? Educator, take it away. All right. So we see the start of the match with Godiva hitting a running drop kick to Roxy. Godiva tries to do kind of like a heel kick, but ends up Roxy catching her leg. And Roxy does like a leg sweep to cause Godiva to fall down on the canvas. We see Roxy with a corner Irish whip and essentially does a running Superman punch to the abdomen to Godiva. Roxy ends up doing a double leg takedown and does a catapult to send Godiva across the ring towards the other corner. We see Godiva with a second corner Irish whip attempt. But Godiva ends up catching a a charging Roxy and ends up doing a head scissors into basically a Hunakurana, which was pretty cool. Godiva does a corner Irish whip and a monkey flip to take Roxy over to the canvas. We see Godiva essentially do a running splash, but only gets a two count from the referee. The girls are now essentially rolling around on the canvas, double fisting each other's hair, uh, yanking on each other's hair. Edit, edit, edit. That did not sound good at all. I'm gonna, I'm actually not editing. That's staying you, in. So you have you need to yes edit. No, God, I, I thought edit, I said edit, it. Edit. <laughs> so both ladies end up grabbing each other, two handed by the hair. They're wrestling all over the rolling all over on the canvas. At one point, Roxy is able to get up. She does an Irish whip, but telegraphs a back body drop. And we see Godiva with an awkward looking kind of like a handspring leap over uh, on a on Roxy. And she does a reversal into essentially a cheerleader role. Godiva tosses Roxy over the top rope onto the floor. We see Godiva ramming Roxy's head into the apron multiple times. We get the thud and the sound effect from the show of throwing Roxy's head into the ring post. And eventually, Godiva tosses Roxy into the ringside announcer's table. Back into the ring, the girls charge on opposite ropes and hit a double clothesline onto each other. And then we see the finish of the match where Roxy picks up Godiva for a suplex or what we think is meant to be a regular suplex. But then there is just a straight drop down into like a brain buster. It looked very painful. It had to be a botch, in my opinion. And it wasn't even a full like rollover for a pinfall. It was more of like slight twist and drape an arm over. And we end up getting a one, two, three victory. Roxy defeating Godiva with what appears to be that botched brain buster. Such about and, and for Glow, it wasn't a bad match leading up to it. Like just good chemistry, familiar with each other, starting to feel a little better. Um, Roxy has Sid vicious level punches, though. Oh my gosh, it was painful to watch. There's just so, such light taps in there. Um, and and yeah, they go through their it, glow seems to have a five moves of doom. You know, we got some monkey flips and leg scissors and all. I think I want someone to adopt a glow move, like I said last week, 
Um, much like Matt Riddle has the Bro Derek, which is named after Bo Derek, someone needs to do a flying splash like we see all the time in Glow. There were at least two in this match and call it the Daryl Hannah for a finish. Right. Um, and, like I, the more and more we get used to Glow, no, this wasn't, you know, five star classic. I saw much better wrestling in the last week, but for Glow, this was perfectly fine match. Just, geez, that suplex is so scary. And like you're saying for the pin, I wasn't even thinking that Roxy wasn't moving because she wanted to make sure Godiva was okay. I thought Roxy wasn't moving because Roxy did something too on the way down. I thought both of them were done at first. And then Roxy's up, you know, she gets the win. She's up first. I thought Godiva's done. Then Godiva pops up and does, you know, the usual. There, there always seems to be like a little thing at the end of match of them pushing each other, pushing shoving, shoving or each other. Or right. Yeah. Godiva right back into it like nothing. But I don't know if when they fell, Godiva knew something, you know, felt something was wrong, or Roxy knew the move was bad, or even the referee. Like, I don't know who knew what. But then Godiva's right back up there, though. I'm shocked. And it's not even like, um, who was? Uh, like Brock, when he did the shooting star press for WrestleMania 19, he didn't break his neck because his neck muscles were so damn big and strong. It's the only reason he didn't break his neck on that. Godiva doesn't have that, you know? <laughs> Like, I don't know how, maybe just uh, uh, limberness, looseness to the body kind of rolled with it. I don't know. I'm shocked she was not injured, though. It's one of the scariest things we've seen so far in GLOW. Absolutely. And on a side note, Kevin, I thought you were going to go with calling the move the GLOW Derek. (sighs) Instead of the Bro Derek. Could have done it. Caught you slipping again. Come on, aliens. Better than that, usually. Is he? Is it though? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, why don't we follow that up with Doctor Feel and Grope uh, talking with Big Bad Mama? We get a shampoo commercial. We get Zelda zingers, and then we get a lumberjack match. Uh, Not a lumberjill match. Nope. Lumber lumberjack match. Lumberjack match, which of course is the AOK DJ MTV. Taking on Vicky Victory. Um, what do you guys think of this this style of lumberjack match? The interesting thing that I found with the match is whenever a competitor got thrown out of the ring to the floor, how like three or four girls would pick her up and would launch her back over yeah. the top rope, back into the ring, just like the rocket launcher. We're not used to seeing that on the guy's end with anything WWF, WCW, NWA, whatever. It's just, again, we talk about how loose the ropes are and how pretty much every girl steps over the top rope like they're Diesel or whatever or Andre. It's just pretty much every spot out of the ring, we see the girl tossed over the top rope from the floor back into the ring. So And like launched, like clearly launched way over the rope to get back into the ring. So good match. Cool. And, and as they say at the start here, the lumberjacks are forming, quote, a human wall around the ring. Human cage. Human, human cage. cage. Sorry. You are correct. Um, but between the, the ring being lower, to, the mats lower to the ground anyways, the ropes are lower anyways. So it's and looser. So you can go over the top and not just snap right back. You would need male wrestlers like all seven feet tall right. to be able to do that. And, and a lighter, you know, like you, I don't know, you got like Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show as Lumberjacks and Ray Mysterio, and they could just launch. Yeah, and, like, and toss Spike Dudley, right, exactly. 
So, Educator, I'll pass it to you to break down the Lumberjack match. I just do want to point out that all the Lumberjacks, it's basically the whole roster. I mean, there is no, we've seen everyone before. There's no one that wasn't on the card that I was like, oh, who's that? Yeah, no new oh. debut, so to speak, in the roster. Everybody we we have seen at least in a match or two so far. So nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, nothing like significant gear changes or anything like that uh, of, of note. I say the only one uh, Stinky was not present at all, which makes me wonder if her one match, because we've only seen her in one thing and I've not seen her in like glow raps or, or jokes or whatever. If that match was like a holdover from season two, maybe possibly. Right. All right. So the start of the match, we see MTV with a running drop kick from behind while Vicky victory is doing a cheerleader routine to start the match. MTV with a big body slam over the top rope uh, of Vicky Victory to the apron and the Lumberjacks all work together to toss Vicky Victory back into the ring. We see Vicky attempt to do a head scissors takeover, but MTV ends up spinning her around a few times and then drops her hard in the middle of the canvas. Victory tries to do for another head scissors takeover. Uh, but again, MTV is able to overcome and ends up tossing Vicky Victory over the top rope onto the floor. And the Lumberjacks all swarm her, pick her up, and toss her over the top rope back into the ring. Vicky Victory recovers and reverses an Irish whip attempt by MTV and hits a drop kick that ends up a pretty good spot looking uh, at MTV, causing her to flail over the top rope onto the floor. And all of the face uh, lumberjacks end up uh, grabbing onto MTV and tossing her back into the ring. We see a few weird spots where Vicky Victory is essentially almost doing like a cartwheel face planning spot, pushing MTV back down to the canvas while she's on her belly trying to get up from the previous maneuvers. MTV does eventually recover and does a scoop slam to Vicky Victory and ends up uh, sending her over the top rope uh, onto the floor. Uh, Vicky gets back into the ring. Vicky is held in the corner by Big Bad Mama and Godiva as uh, as MTV is attacking her. And we see in the background lightning from the Thunderbolt and Lightning team kind of sneaks in and ends up stealing MBT, uh, MTV's guitar. We see Vicky Victory with a side headlock. She eventually hits the ropes and hits another running dropkick. MTV with a body slam to Vicky Victory and then a few knee drops in the middle of the ring. All of the Lumberjacks end up going, uh, getting involved and sending both of the girls back into the ring as both girls end up over the top onto the floor. Back in the ring, MTV does an Irish whip and she ends up telegraphing a back body drop attempt. Vicky ends up doing a sunset flip as a way to get out of it, but Beastie, being very close to the ropes, ends up interfering with the referee's pinfall attempt. Both girls hit opposite ropes, but they end up getting tripped by the Lumberjacks, and they end up face-planting hard on opposite sides of the ring. Vicky Victory does a double leg into a catapult and sends MTV across from one corner to the other. Vicky tries to do her Molina-like split, pinfall finish where she does a split kind of leg drop but the heels in the corner that are close kind of like push her off to break up the pinfall attempt mtv recovers does an irish whip and a back body drop sending vicky victory to the mat mtv does another irish whip but vicky vicky uh, hits a cross body to take mtv down to the mat 
And then suddenly we see Cheyenne share Thunderbolt and lightning. They all kind of pile on to Vicky's body as the heels are trying to push all of those faces off of the pile. The referee ends up counting MTV shoulders down to the mat. One, two, three. And the winner of the match is Vicky victory. After the match, we see basically a big old brawl ringside where all the lumberjacks are brawling with one another. But of note, there seems to be a lot of camera time focusing on Ninochka and Roxy Astor brawling back and forth. Perhaps they are setting up a possible future feud or title match between the two. Remember, this is, quote, a glow classic for the match. Um, the two, the MTV and Vicky Victory, as the match continues, really seem to get lost. Like the match could have cut three, four minutes, whatever. Like the longer it goes, the more that they just seem really confused and not knowing what to do. There was a moment where it just seemed like they stopped completely and just looked at each other. Like, okay, I don't know what we're doing next. I don't know what I'm doing next either. You know, let's just figure this out here. But the, really the, the thing I appreciated was all the lumberjacks on the outside. A lot of them, coincidentally, a lot of the ones that we are fans of and have been appreciating the work aren't just standing out there like okay i'm lumberjack here i'll just stand out here i won't do anything okay she comes my way i'll toss her back in they're interacting they're doing stuff right. there's one where vicky was thrown to the outside and all the heel girls are beating her up and dementia's acting like she's hitting her with the axe <laughs> just bringing the axe yeah. on her it's fantastic it is um lightning stealing the guitar is a great moment there just random little things that some of the girls on the outside are doing. And it's the ones that we have been appreciating their work too. So it makes sense here. Um, Vicky getting tossed back into the ring. Like, cause they were, they were tossing a lot. Like the first one, I'm like, Oh geez, that was a big toss. But then victory is launched like halfway across the ring and rolls the other half with yeah, the momentum. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, and then when they're when they're all fighting and getting in on it all, it ends up as much as some of them, you know, the two in the ring get lost at one point, as much as some of them on the outside seem like I'm just kind of here right now. When they're all going at it at the end, it absolutely seems like they're all having fun too, which I think is part of the enjoyment of Glow. Like it seems like they're having a blast doing this, just being full on cartoony silliness you know, not taking it seriously themselves and projecting that joy out there for everyone else too. I was just having a blast watching it. Uh, then the announcer then here, this could be the start of a dozen new feuds. And then the rest of this episode, the next one, I'm like, Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of hoping so too. But again, I don't know what order this is recorded in. Maybe like three episodes from now, we'll see if you remember this lumberjack match, this is where this fight started. I'm like, Oh yeah, I do remember that. I would have followed up on it the next week, but hey, do you? Uh, we follow that up with Beastie's Beanery. Then we get MTV's Glow Connection. Woo! The AOK DJ. I wish people could see how much joy you get in doing that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, then we get Godiva's Bare Facts. Uh, we get Cheyenne Shares Folklores. In folklores, baby. Uh, we get the shampoo commercial. We get Mountain Fiji's dream sequence with Vicky Victory. Uh, and that leads to match number three on the card, which is the Spud McKenzie of Glow, 
Beastie taking on Tulsa. Spuds McKenzie glow. Did they say that and I missed it? Oh uh, yes, yes they do. Uh, so what? this <laughs> this match was this the match that had, or is it the next episode where there's like a dinner set up? This is the dinner sequence. This yes. Why was that set up? I was confused. Because BC's beanery. She cooks. She works hard all day to try to make, you know, make some side money here because she knows that Glow is in some financial restraints right now, and Johnny C is struggling with the with the with the show pay and all that stuff. So BC thought, you know, maybe she'd try to coerce her little side gig in, into here to show that she's you know multifaceted, multi-talented. Yeah, she's trying to befriend people. She's she's shown Tulsa a nice night out on the town. You know, in the she, end, it's it's advertising for the beanery. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, weren't you hungry after seeing all this? Well, you can't, I mean, kangaroo meat and bones. I mean, come on. I mean, treats you know you can't get kangaroo meat just anywhere in Vegas. I got a kangaroo. I got a kangaroo guy. Got a kangaroo, kangaroo guy. I got a kangaroo guy. Nice. Um, so, anyways, uh, what you, would you guys think of this whole whole thing? Meant to be a comedy match at first, uh, but once they got into the ring, it's one of those. You know, it seems like we see these one per show where security's getting involved to separate the girls that are brawling. It ends in a no contest, and one of the girls gets dragged back to the locker room from uh, security. Uh, I, the biggest bump of this particular match would have been the EMT guy getting thrown into the pillar. Crazy. I wonder what the uh, sign budget is. Cause we've seen that sign break on the pillar a few times now, and it's just replaced every episode there. Fresh, have, dry, fresh drywall, baby. Yeah. They got to have like a few hundred backstage. That's ready to put up at a moment's notice. You know, it's funny. You bring up the, the cops always getting involved. Do you think they have like a checklist? Like before a show, okay, we need this, we need that, check that off, check that off. Okay, we're good. We got to have five, we got to have six of these 10 or something like that. I would imagine there's, there's, there has to be, they're trying to make sure they're covering all their bases with, all right, so many, so many matches the face win, so many matches the heels win, so many, you know, incomplete finishes or throwouts that then will lead to a future match and blah, blah, blah. But it, it's, Kind of like the segments, there it's things are getting more and more predictable as we get deeper and deeper into the season. A checklist, I don't know. I think it's just whoever we have a a comedy writer and entertainment writer first, and a wrestling booker second, if if second, maybe tenth. You don't think the dream was a consultant on this at the time? In I, I mean, baby. I mean, the credits roll, and I have not yet seen um, a credit for assistance to Mister Runnels. Like I did on the WCW once. Yeah. So, uh, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? So Beastie has her little side table set up here for the dinner party for two seat dinner party invites Tulsa to sit down. Tulsa's kind of reluctant, but Beastie kind of forces her, encourages her to sit down. We see kangaroo meat and dog bones all over on the, uh, on the table for the food. Beastie basically reminded everyone, or Tulsa asked why she had a potty brush, basically a toilet scrubber for at the dinner table. And Beastie said that she uses this to braise her meat. That was just not something that Tulsa wanted to hear. But Beastie ended up shoving some of the 
Kangaroomi into her face, ramming her head in the table, and then picked her picked up Tulsa and launched her into that pillar, smashing the drywall sign on the pillar itself. Eventually, we see Beastie tossing Tulsa into the ring. Tulsa decides to run towards the opposite corner for momentum, tries to do a springboard from the second rope, but ends up kind of botching it. But she still jumps off a little bit and charges back towards Beastie with a clothesline. Tulsa ends up doing a reverse kick and drops a running elbow onto a downed Beastie into the ring. Beastie ends up recovering, hits a side headlock, turns it into a corner Irish whip. And we see Beastie with a bunch of kicks and knees uh, into the abdomen and shin of Tulsa. Tulsa ends up trying to do a drop kick and is very unsuccessful in knocking Beastie down to the canvas. She tries a second drop kick attempt and it ends up sending Beastie over the top rope onto the apron. Tulsa drags Beastie back into the ring, but Beastie is able to hit a monkey flip, sending Tulsa over the top rope onto the floor. We see Tulsa eventually getting backed into the ring. She tries to do a fireman's carry by picking up Beastie Square but the uh, in the middle of the ring, but Beastie's weight is a little bit too much, and essentially the weight causes Tulsa to flapjack herself right down in the middle of the ring as she collapses. We see Beastie with a big scoop slam attempt, but she ends up dropping Tulsa over her knee for a big backbreaker. Uh, Tulsa ends up rolling out onto the floor. Beastie follows her. Beastie grabs another handful of that kangaroo meat that she had, shoves it into Tulsa's mouth, and continues to pummel on her on the floor. Eventually, the ref calls for a count-out finish. Double count-out, and the match is thrown out. Eventually, a few paramedics make their way to ringside to try to help Tulsa. Beastie, not too happy, ends up throwing one of the paramedics, smashing him into another ed- another side of that pillar. Eventually, two security guards come out and end up dragging Beastie from ringside back towards the locker room. All right. Weird question here. As long as the potty brush has never been used on a potty before, what's it matter? Like, there are people that use, like, you know, the mops. To, I've seen mops to, before, yeah. used For monstrous, like, chicken barbecues where they're cooking, like, 150 birds at the same time. Yeah. At a big, like, fireman's field day. I get it. Yep. So as long as it hasn't been used on something else, what's wrong with the potty brush there? You know? I, I don't see an issue with it. Um, Really, like, going pretty far with the ending here, though. With the, shoving the, the meat into her mouth and then you know, calling the paramedic out there. Tulsa looking like she was choking and all too, like pretty far. Cause I would say beastie hasn't seemed to be like the most heelish of heels. You know, you have uh, the stuff with the bone in a previous episode and all she's been like kind of silly, you know, maybe misunderstood. Like I'm expecting Daisy to have a face turn at some point in the run, but also when it surprised me if, you know, one day beastie turns, but this is maybe one of the most heelish acts I've seen so far in our glow series here. I was just beating her down, shoving the, the raw meat in her mouth, you know, choking Tulsa. She can't sell in the ring very well, but she sold this beat down in the choking and the danger and all pretty well. Um, also like honestly surprising for, we have the suplex earlier that we freak out about no empties, nothing. Godiva gets right up. And then we have this planned 
segment here of as someone injured and the paramedics rushing out like very uh injury uh anxiety nervousness whatever like cringy in a way episode for things happening here um bc i didn't think did bad here i think bc has some good strength to her there are a couple impressive moves uh it's also a a little bit better but again, times where I, I swear she was going, you know, a move didn't go well when they tried for it. So they tried a second time, a third time, whatever. And there's things where I'm just not sure because we've seen stuff in WWE where it's clearly you're going for a spot. The spot gets messed up. So you kind of reset. You do a couple moves and go right back to that spot because it's necessary for whatever reason in the match. There are things here where I'm thinking was this a planned spot and it didn't go well and you went back to it? Or is it the limits of some of the glow talent of, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to do this move again anyways, because I'm not quite sure what to do next. Otherwise here, um, I would have hoped that this would be more of a, of a feud of a continuation of something else happening here of, you know, Tulsa seeking revenge on beastie. I, again, I don't know. Cause the glow booking, if it'll happen, but, you know, there, there are certain things that have surprised us in this cartoony, silly show for violence. And I, this is on my list here now. Is raw kangaroo meat safe? Like, I know there's certain raw meat you can't eat. I'm not sure about kangaroo. I'm willing to bet that BC didn't keep it to temperature. Oh, that's true. So probably it's not going to be very good to put down. Yeah. She might have stomach issues later. She might have the hops. We <laughs> educator liked that one too. I did. He didn't, right. see, did. didn't see it coming. No, I didn't. That was great. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> we we have an easiest KGB segment. Of course, Vladimir calls. That's become a thing now. Um, Ninochka is with a professor this time. Uh, we get a shampoo. And Marianne? We get, yeah, maybe. We get a shampoo commercial. We get the mirror, mirror segment. And then we get our 10K Battle Royal Tag Team Eliner- Eliminator. We also get a Johnny C rap. Johnny yep. C's in this one and in the next episode. He's making an appearance. Uh, who? Who does the rap again? Johnny C. Johnny C. Johnny C. Not Joe C. As Adam from Wizards and Sequel Quest was mentioning that he thought we were saying Joe C. Previously, no. Which, well, not, not yeah, not, not Kid Rock's former friend. Right. Sidecar in my glide, so Joe C. Can ride. Right. What? Are you not familiar with the works of one Kid Rock? I try not to be. <laughs> And for our new segment, how many songs can you name? How many Kid Rock songs could you name? I can name a lot of Kid Rock songs. Well, like (laughs) two. (laughs) He did like Picture with Sheryl Crow, right? Yeah. yeah. Or is that Photograph? I think it's Picture. That's It's Picture. Uh, Ba with the Ba, Mm -hmm, naturally. mm -hmm. Cowboy. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's three. Uh I think that's it. I think I, <laughs> I could probably, if I really, really try to think hard, I could probably can come up with one more. But like off the top of my head, like boom, I got three. Is that more than you uh, thought, Kevin? 
It is, it is. And honestly, I think lately all you would have to do is tell me how many Leonard Skinner songs you could come up with and that we could just pretend it's a Kid Rock song, too. Leonard Skinner. Oh, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. He's got that one song. What is that? What is the name of that song, though? We could do this all summer long. Summer long? Is that what it is? Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what did you guys think of this Battle Royal Tag Team Eliminator? Uh, just the over-the-top gimmickiness of the winning team supposedly winning $10,000 given the size of the crowd that was there. <laughs> Would it be it's, it's hard to buy it, too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's about how I felt about the show, too, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he was yelling out, I'm a giraffe. So we've got three heel teams that are managed by Aunt Kitty. We've got Daisy and Dementia, Hollywood and Broadway Rose, and we've got Major Tanya and Women's Glow Champion Nanachka in a tag eliminator against Sally and Babe, the Farmer's Daughters, Thunderbolt and Lightning, and Liberty and Justice. Um it's a battle royal schmaz until you basically got the last two teams or the last three teams in there quick for what it was. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not being, I'm not being ridiculous here. Legit question. Do you think booking had to get changed because clearly Hollywood broke her ring gear? Like that maybe I her and Broadway so. got eliminated earlier than planned. I actually didn't realize that there was a gear issue with Hollywood being eliminated early. Yeah, but if you see, she's like holding on to her top and whispering to whoever she was locked up with at the time. And then Hollywood and Broadway are out shortly because, thereafter. Because Broadway Rose ends up taking the bump over the for the elimination. Yeah. So I didn't know if it... Well, I mean, honestly, the way, the way she was holding it, I don't think Hollywood could have gone over top for an elimination. Right. Appropriately. <laughs> So it's just kind of wondering because it did seem like real quick for a, a battle royal like this, and with the rules of once one person's gone, the team's gone too, right? You know, which you can never be sure about for stuff like this. That's yeah, um, where WrestleMania 14's battle royal came from. Yeah, but I've seen some where both have to be eliminated, so you still right. got a chance even though your partner has been eliminated. Um. Daisy and Dementia doing pretty well here. I actually like them going well. Uh, Superheroes being too quick and confusing Daisy. Like, there, there was right. good, fun, quick stuff. But you're right. It was just a, a schmas until we get to the end. Right. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and break down the, uh, <laughs> all right. the so uh, Battle Royale. So the order of elimination, I mean, all the ladies, they're just, you know, brawling with as best they can, given their the limitations in this kind of match. The order of eliminations uh, started with Liberty tossing Broadway Rose over the top rope onto the apron. This results in Broadway Rose and Hollywood being eliminated. We see Daisy holding Babe for a big scoop body slam. She's carrying her over towards the rope for an elimination. And we see Sally trying to help in terms of drop kicking Daisy in the back. But the momentum from her drop kicking actually helps Daisy toss Babe over the top rope onto the floor. So now Sally and Babe, the farmer's daughters, have been eliminated. We see Ninochka slam Justice over the top rope onto the apron. But Justice ends up holding on to Ninochka, 
who in turn, she ends up scooping Nanachka up from the apron and tossing Nanachka out onto the floor. So now both teams of Liberty and Justice and Nanachka and Major Tanya are eliminated. So what we have left are Thunderbolt and Lightning and then Dementia and Daisy. At one point towards the finish, we see a, a unique pattern of crisscrosses to try to confuse Daisy as Thunderbolt and Lightning are hitting opposite ropes and they keep causing Daisy to turn and turn and turn. At one point, we see uh, the tw- uh, Thunderbolt and Lightning. They cause a double team maneuver to Dementia that sends her kind of over in the corner on the ring apron. Then they do the, the the crisscross spot where they end up hitting a double drop kick that sends Daisy over the top rope and onto the apron. And your winners of the match, Thunderbolt and Lightning. Have we seen Grimlina actually wrestle match at all on Glow, or did she just come out as manager? Probably. She's, for the most part, been manager. She's kind of inserted herself in the ring a few times, but she's not officially been in a match she will be next episode. Ooh. Cause yeah, her coming out here as the manager, they're trying to wake up dementia, like get dementia to snap back to a great little stuff for both characters there. I was honestly shocked that Thunderbolt and lightning won. Cause just for glow hierarchy here, there are other ones I thought was going to win first. They're just pushed more. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. I just, if I had to guess, they were not who I was going to guess was going to win here. And also, Again, Glow Booking, it seems like they're going for certain things, but then you end up seeing the match, and that's not what happened. I expected more coming here from uh, Nanachka and Justice, honestly. I, I thought that was going to be the start of a storyline here. Nothing. It, it, another elimination that um, seemed um, surprising. Did, did you did you not watch the next episode we're about to cover? I wanted more than one match out of oh, it. Oh, okay. You thought you said it was going to start something, and... Like a, end up being a singles title match the next right. episode we're about to review. I meant like a tag match the next show. Kevin likes his long-term you know, glow booking. Teams. Yeah, there's there's no long-term glow booking. They, they even seem surprised by it. I thought I saw, you know, a little uh, referee thing there. Um, letting Tanya know that Nanachko is out because of justice there. There's like ground control to Major Tanya. Nanachko's out. Das Vidanya. <laughs> Time to call it a day. <laughs> I am. I think uh, this and next episode, I'm really appreciating Daisy's character, though. Yes. <laughs> She's been fantastic. Sympathetic Diesel-like character. Hopefully yeah. we'll eventually see that face turn. I'm hoping to. But I, I mean, really, because you're saying for the next episode, why don't you have Liberty Justice against Nanachka and Tanya next episode and then do the Nanachka Justice one-on-one? Like that just get, makes sense maybe to me. Justice, Justice gets like a sneak pinfall roll up on Nanachka. Yeah, and a or, tag or, ma- or major or major Tanya in the tag to justify her getting the title match. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I think you guys are overthinking it. Yeah, we we should have been booking this back in '89. <laughs> could have built oh, glow as nine year olds, ten year olds. We could have done this better. <laughs> season five, glow fantasy booking season. <laughs> Figure wrestling. We got to do a draft. Mm-hmm. Just glow figure wrestling fed. Oh god. Who's who's Step who, one. who's who's glow figure, Kevin? Do you like the best? Which you take first? I can't believe they don't have any. And I even looked on Etsy to see if anyone's making custom ones. 
And they are for the TV show, for the Netflix show, but not for this. Not the figures I was talking about, but okay. <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. There you go. Jeez, I go one way, I get in trouble. I go another way, I get in trouble. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so after the match, we follow that up with Country Girl Dates. Then we roll our credits. Johnny C is broke, and he's talking to Major Tanya. Major Tanya, not too happy. She's not getting paid. What did he say? Uh, you, you're from Russia, so you're used to having your assets frozen? Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. It all kind of uh, just goes one, in one ear and out the other with me when I watch the, the comments and stuff. So, uh, And that does it for episode seven. Uh, did you guys like this one? I thought it was a little odd that they would do a lumberjack match and a battle royal on the same show. So you're seeing the entire roster like twice on the episode but then again i don't think they're really thinking it of it from a wrestling standpoint no you think that was weird wait until all the money payouts for the next episode that we're about to review <laughs> i thought it was just so everyone can get that glow of mania payday to everyone on the card all right and on that note why don't we take a quick commercial break promotional consideration Paid for by the following. Ah, yeah. This one goes out to my trio's tag team partners. You left your scent on my furniture. An epic event that did occur. You put your banana box into my trunk. Twenty bucks, just say yes. Twenty bucks for a VHS. Twenty bucks and our weekend was a blur. Intoxicated off the loaded potato. Inebriated off all you can eat rolls. Then you guys both began to enter These are the things that I have craved Two men enter inside my man cave Twenty bucks, search the comic bins. Twenty bucks, watch men getting pinned. A boy's weekend, hey, it's for the win. Intoxicated off the loaded potato, inebriated off the all you can eat rolls. These are the things that I crave I want my two boys to enter my man cave These are the things that I crave Two men to enter 
my man cave Alright guys, we are back and we are starting Glow episode number 8 Inside the woman's locker room Shocking, shocking we would start here Shocking that the referee is going to make a sarcastic comment And eventually get beat up by whomever he offends This time it's Tiffany and Roxy Not too happy with the condescending remarks apparently Where was this job on career day? You just walk into a room, make smartest remarks And then have a couple pretty girls beat you up I mean, I mean isn't that basically what you do on the podcast? You walk into a Are room. Are you calling yourself a pretty girl? You walk into the room. You make some smart ass <laughs> remarks, and then Elise beats you up. She's got to go to work today, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so we're at the Riviera once again. We run down our card. Then we get our shampoo commercial. Uh, we get Tiffany's glow gossip. We get our rap intro. I really want them to change this format up. I am over it. Well, they kind of really? did. The, they changed up the glow ring rap in that. It was the entire crew the enti- for the whole rap, other than I think Lightning ended up getting her little close-up as she's rapping along with the crowd. But it was it was a weird, because normally you have like five or six of the girls, they get their little cameos in the middle of the ring where their, their name is across the bottom of the screen. But this one, it was the whole crew singing the whole time, except for, I think it was Lightning. Uh, that, or no, Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt's the girl in the red, right? The, the more like buff gymnastics no. chick. Nope, lightning is thunderbolt. thunderbolt in the all white. Okay. So yeah, it was lightning that got her a little her little cameo. But yeah, it's 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 repetitive, but I think obviously with the the advertising, they have to have so many of the Fabergé organics commercials in there. I mean, they're of course gonna be the bread and butter in terms of providing whatever financial backing for the show to continue in syndication. So I mean, I don't mind the, the, the organics commercials. That doesn't bother me, shampoo commercial. Like, I understand that. But, like, it's just literally the same segment in every, like, just switch it up. Put a different segment here and a different segment there. Right. I mean, Change up the order. Yeah. The same well, order. Especially with all the people that you have. Like, every once in a while, we see the Cheyenne Share ones. But you have, most of your talent doesn't have a repeated segment here that could have. You know, uh, Nanachka has hers, but Tanya doesn't have one. Um, you could have something with Daisy and Grimlina and Dementia. Not yeah. that Dementia would say anything. You could have Hollywood Broadway Rose do a sketch. You could, have, you know, Liberty and Justice could do a thing. Like, there's other people on the roster here that could have one and then switch it out. So you're not seeing, right. like, every week is a Tiffany's Glow Glass. Up every right. week is this. You know, it's like Cheyenne Cher, she's only had, like, two or three of the, the Indian folklores. And then Hollywood, she's not done that drug PSA every single episode. It's it seems to be it's like every other one that she's been doing that. So, yeah, a, a big bad mama voodoo thing, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is Glow has such great characters, but we're just not seeing it. Plus, the segments are even though that they're the different characters you have, you know, Tiffany and Zelda Zingers and stuff. They're basically the same segment. They're just they're just reciting a line to the camera and then they, they go off. I mean, they're, th- that's really the only difference um, in these segments. It's a it's just it's just it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, did I hear this Tiffany joke for this week's segment or for two weeks ago's segment? I, I don't know. It's like Family Guy. But, oh, 
Family Guy is the glow of wrestling. Like, the jokes are interchangeable. It's the same stuff over and over again. Nothing really matters. I can't really say anything because I don't think I've watched it in like two years, maybe longer. And nothing against it. It's just like I have enough stuff to watch it, that I wasn't worried about it. And I think that kind of falls into what you're saying. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. Um, but why don't we follow it up with a match that Kevin totally forgot about? And this would be match number one, which is Justice versus Nanachka. Uh, basically, our payoff to our last uh, our last episode. Yeah, the double scoop body slam elimination where Nanachka eliminates Justice, who holds on and pulls Nanachka back out and scoops out, leads to a glow crown matchup to open the show the very following episode. We got a title match to start off. And, and again, I'm thinking too much for glow booking because I would have said I would have showed a segment of last week's battle royal, and this is why in our main event this match will happen and build up to it. I would have done the tag match in between two. Did something happen to Nanachka in here where they thought she was uh, injured? I'm not sure. It seemed like did a she, slow match, though. Did she uh, quick part, match? Did she have some sort of um? partnership or feud with uh dementia's crew or daisy or uh gremlina and daisy well i mean they're all managed by aunt kitty so you know oh, okay okay they said she was pushing up daisies i didn't see her in the match yeah i don't know aunt, aunt kitty's the aunt kitty family if looks could kill uh kevin a question for you because daisies. you're talking about how you would show a little bit of the battle royal this sort of thing here's a project for you Recut these episodes of Glow to tell a congruent story. Like take the whole season, just redo it. But like, yeah. Have like a, a Glow logo background, like Joey Styles in the basement. Yeah, like redo it. Arena. Like, can you imagine? I think we could probably get uh, Hoju Coolander to do it for us. <laughs> but but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, in all honesty, if you put together these storylines, and you can fake them. Like in the grand scheme of things, oh, this is why they're fighting. This is why that you could get rid of some of the stuff and throw it to it. I wonder if it would flow better. That's that's true. Like, just take a whole season, do a re-edit for it. And, and like we're saying, we don't have access season one and two right now. It looks like four is on, season four is on some of the stuff. It wouldn't shock me, like I was saying before, Stinky's randomly here and then never seen or heard from again. It wouldn't shock me if you could take all four seasons and redo it all and make something out of it. No, absolutely. So, uh, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? So, we hear Justice during her introduction being introduced at being six feet two inches tall. She's going against Ninochka, the reigning glow crown champion. The match begins with both ladies tying up and pushing off, tying up and pushing off again, and a third tie-up attempt Nanachka tries to hit a crescent kick, but Justice is able to move out of the way. We see Justice with a big hip toss and a big scoop body slam to take Nanachka to the canvas. We see Justice with a corner Irish whip. She follows up with a monkey flip that sends Nanachka over towards the other corner. Justice with a corner Irish whip, but not Nanachka is able to rebound essentially with a handspring and turns it into a back elbow to take uh, Justice down to the canvas. We see Nanachka hit a running drop kick, and then she channels her inner Hulk Hogan and hits a running leg drop onto a downed Justice. 
And with an awkward, weird body scissors, we get a quick roll up. One, two, three, and your winner and still champion, Nanachka. Yeah, that ending is out of nowhere and quick and seems botched at first. And then Nanachka repositioning herself. I don't know what's happening because Justice was dominating Nanachka at the beginning of the match. Like really just tossing her around, seeming you know, dominant over her. And then Ninochka hits a leg drop, folds her over, jockeys for position a few times. The ref seems confused too, and then we get the pin. Like I feel something happened in here. Um, I don't know if someone was hurt and they went for a quick finish, if Justice was maybe taking liberties and go, not not her tag team partner, but liberties in the ring and going too far with things. Like it it was really surprising for how quick it was for the it, it didn't seem like real pin even when they were doing it. Like I really was not sure what was happening here at all. Um and and we don't even know for booking and chron chrono I can't even talk the order that things were taped in. If justice shows up later, that doesn't mean anything did or didn't happen here. She could have screwed up. She could have been punished, but she's already had matches taped that they're going to use. Like it almost seemed like a fabulous Mula sneaking in and doing the quick roll up there for a title change. Yeah. It's a little different, a little different than what we had seen. Uh, we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope talking with Tulsa. We get our shampoo commercial. We get Zelda zinger. And then we go into match number two on the card, which is the farmer's daughters, Sally and Babe, taking on Daisy, Dementia, Gremlina. We're starting to get the seeds. Can, or we're continuing to get the seeds planted for what we hope is going to be an eventual face turn with Daisy. Uh, the farmer's daughters are very much interested in trying to coerce Daisy to try to get her out of her servitude. At one point, we see you know babes on the microphone all mad because of how the treatment from Gremlina to Daisy is. They try to, they give each other presents. We got flowers and a mirror that are exchanged between the farmer's daughter, daughters and Daisy. And then at one point we end up seeing babe doing Daisy's hair mid match in the corner, brushing her hair out, putting a bow in her hair, just trying to get Daisy to come to her senses to leave Gremlina. Maybe this is this long-term booking that big Kev is hoping for. Maybe, maybe. And it, it's interesting because it's, hey, we're trying to do what we can here and, and save Daisy, but she's also still our opponent. We have to win this match as well. So there, you know, interesting dynamic going on there as well. But if, and, and I'm hoping, and I don't know, I haven't watched ahead. I'm hoping that there's a face turn for Daisy, but then what does Daisy's gimmick becomes? She'd have to change her gear because part of the gear is that she doesn't have money and she's grumbling a slave and all. Does she become Daisy, the farmer's daughter, the farmer's daughter's apprentice? You know, just a whole new look. There's that random dress from a couple episodes that she was given. I, I This is the biggest long-term storyline going. <laughs> well, certainly, well, I mean, if she becomes the third daughter, you know, she could certainly have no problem putting on a pair of Dukes. That's true. Truth. Some long stem daisy there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried a sarcastic pun with Kevin. It didn't work out. It's it's okay. Duke's the dumper, Drosy. 
All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? So we see the start of the match with Daisy with a two-handed arm drag pulling Sally over. Sally is able to recover and ends up doing a head scissors takeover to bring Daisy down to the canvas. Sally ends up climbing on top of the back of Daisy and kind of almost like a sleeper hold like maneuver, given how tall that Daisy is. She's essentially just being carried around the ring. Daisy ends up beeling Sally over off of her uh, back onto the canvas. Daisy with an Irish whip and a Kevin Nash like big boot to send Sally down to the ground or to the canvas itself. We see Daisy with an arm drag and, or an arm, I should say not an arm drag, but an arm and a leg grab into a full body swing all the way around, uh, tossing Sally onto the canvas itself. We see Daisy with a big scoop body slam. And then ringside, we see Babe attacking Gremlina on the floor. At one point, Babe ends up crawling through the ring towards the opposite side because Gremlina crawled under the ring to try to escape uh, Sally's uh, efforts. Sally eventually gets involved in the match and hits a drop kick from behind that sends uh, Daisy over the top rope onto the floor. We see in the background, Babe ends up hog-tying Gremlina with a rope that she's found at ringside. Uh, she's got the rope wrapped around her neck. Her hands are twisted together or tied together. And now she's like uh, wrapping her up kind of like bull rope style and tying her feet together. We see Sally hit an arm drag to Grim, uh, to Dimension now who's inserted herself into the match because it's kind of like a loose set of lucha rules here now that uh, Daisy was tossed out onto the floor. Babe officially tags into the match and she hits gets a side headlock onto Dementia and rams her head into the turnbuckle. We see Babe pick a pull off a Boston Crab onto Dementia, but Dementia uses her legs and powers out, kind of flipping Babe over, doing a front flint bump into the ring. We see Dementia with a twisting wrist lock working on Babe's shoulder. At ringside now, all of a sudden we see Sally is with Daisy and is working on doing her hair, brushing her hair, putting a bow into her hair. And Aunt Kitty is also kind of there supervising, but isn't really making any efforts to try to stop Sally from doing Daisy's hair. We see Babe hit a flying dropkick onto Dementia, and eventually Sally tags back into the match. Sally hits an Irish whip to Dementia and hits a running knee, and then eventually a, a flying head scissors to take Dementia down. Babe and Sally end up dragging Gremlina, who has been all hogtied up, into the ring. As Dementia is now shoulders back to the canvas, they drag Gremlina into the ring, the farmer's daughters, and lay Gremlina on top of downed Dementia. Babe and then Sally coerce Daisy to get into the ring and sit on top of Dementia, who is also now laying across a prone, uh, or Gremlina, who is laying across a prone Dementia. And then Babe and Sally essentially put one foot on top of Daisy's lap on her knee, and the referee ends up counting Dementia's shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. Your winner by awkward combo pin would be the Farmer's Daughters. So I just want to say I had to mute for a little bit because I was trying to no-sell the Daisy Duke joke, and I couldn't anymore. <laughs> um, Perfect house show main event match, really. Like this, it was just fun. It was silly. It's progressing stuff a little bit, but not too much that you feel like, you know, you missed an episode or whatever. 
Um, I enjoyed Daisy wanting to be friends with the farmer's daughters, enjoying the appreciation and, and the attention and all, but she's still stuck with Grimlina and she has to obey her orders and all. The Grimlina crawling under the ring and Babe surprising her was just a, a fun, silly little thing. Um, kind of reminds me of like different spots we've seen in, in Royal Rumbles over the years. You know, someone hiding underneath the ring for it. The finish is just hysterical with this giant pin of dimension down Grimlin on top of her daisy sitting on top and then the the foot pinfall pretty much for and all like this is absolutely a main event said the crowd home happy silly having a blast good time of a match it's buried in the middle of the show for no reason but this was a blast like everyone just having fun into it into the characters and all having a good time i enjoyed the hell out of it um the only person that didn't seem to be doing anything and having a good time is aunt kitty and what drove me nuts because she's always out there she's always standing out there and she's just there fine whatever that's the whole gimmick but when they're right in front of her and sally's right in front of her clean up daisy and aunt kitty's just staring and doing nothing like get involved do something here move anything it's just driving me insane she's such a waste of space and a paycheck out there tell us how you really feel kevin I've been called a waste of space in a paycheck before. I know it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. My... So, uh, so anyways, we get Godiva's bare facts. We get MTV's glow connection. No selling, <laughs> son of a bitch. I got nothing. Uh, and then we get money on the line for our next one, guys. Uh, it's Broadway Rose and Hollywood taking on Mountain Fiji. It, it's a weird money match in that Hollywood is putting up $2,500. Broadway Rose is supposedly putting up $2,500 because they believe they have the capability of taking Mountain Fiji down off of her feet. So in response to this challenge match, they're combined willing to put up five grand. Mount Fiji accepts, but she's going to put up $10,000 as collateral of her own. So now we have winners take $15,000 in this particular match. Does the match end as soon as Fiji's off of her feet? I'm not sure. Or is it meant to be the winner? I mean, if for whatever the defeat is on Fiji, it would have to probably be, imagine, a pinfall or a submission. Um, but yeah. It's a it's a five thousand dollar versus ten thousand dollar winner take all. Well, for all right, for the ending, it seems like sumo match rules off feet or out of the circle here, uh, which will be coming up. But also for the money, so you're not winning fifteen thousand. Like you're winning part of the money. Like it, it, if. Fiji wins. She's not winning fifteen thousand. She's just getting five and getting to keep her ten. So she's only made five thousand and not lost any money there. Like it's just, it, it it's real fuzzy math here just to make the fifteen thousand announcement, which of course means nothing for at all. Probably explains why Genesis broke with the way the money's flowing I've, around. I mean, I know the women are putting up their own money and they'll be putting up their own money in our main event, but it's like WCW contracts. There, there's just so much money floating around. You don't know who's getting paid what anymore. And next thing you know, you're broke. I mean, this is a, a long night for Hollywood and Broadway Rose. They worked twice, and they had to pay 3500 bucks. 
crazy. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and, and break down the magic? So we see the heel ladies. They attack Mountain Fiji as she's stepping over the ropes. So as she's straddling over the ropes. Uh, Hollywood and Broadway Rose are trying to attack her. One and uh, one of the ladies ends up slipping out of the ring and is trying to drag Mountain Fiji back out of the ring as the other is trying to focus her attention on attacking her from inside of the ring. At one point, we see Broadway Rose uh, on the back of Mountain Fiji while Hollywood is kicking Fiji, trying to get her to drop down to the mat. Mountain Fiji is able to beal Broadway Rose off of her shoulders back into the ring. Hollywood ends up getting a set of handcuffs, and she handcuffs Mountain Fiji's left hand to the top rope. And Fiji, now being stuck to the top rope, of course, now has a very limited motion in the ring itself. We see also at one point, Broadway Rose somehow got her hands on a book of matches and lights a match in the ring and is trying to burn one of Mountain Fiji's feet. Maybe that would be a way to get her to fall down to the canvas. But Mountain Fiji is able to put a stop to that and ends up stopping on Broadway Rose's hands uh, before she's able to burn her with that lit match. Fiji is able to vertically stack both of the girls standing into the corner and ends up doing a couple of avalanche uh, splashes to squish both of the ladies into the corner. We see Fiji tossing Broadway Rose over the top rope onto the floor. Uh, Hollywood ends up climbing to the top rope as if she's going to do like a cross body uh, leap onto Fiji. But Fiji ends up catching her before she leaps off and ends up catching her into a fireman's carry and tosses Hollywood over the top rope onto the floor. And as the girls try to get back into the ring, Fiji is able to ward them off and they are unsuccessful in getting in and beating the referee's count. So the match ends at a count out and your winner by count out while handcuffed to the rope is Mountain Fiji. Really hope Hollywood got those handcuffs back. Um, It's a... <laughs> It's supposed to be take her take Fiji off of her feet, but it ends for the count out, which is why I was saying like it's almost sumo rules of you're out of the circle, so Fiji wins. It's fine, like Broadway Rose and Hollywood working well together, trying to get Fiji off her feet, Fiji looking dominant. It's well booked, it's fine. I, I get the ending, I guess. I think she should have pinned them both. I think she could have easily pinned them both, like honestly kind of like the previous match just stack them on top of each other and put your foot on them while she's still handcuffed there it's also it's mount fiji she's the biggest one for the face side and we see on camera where the heels put the key for the handcuffs i'm shocked like zelda or someone else didn't come out run out get the key unlock her so fiji could continue the match um the hot foot thing there and this being 80s so here's one of those random sports things that I know that come up every so often. There's a VHS collection of like sports bloopers and baseball bloopers and stuff like that. And my uncle had a big collection of VHS tapes for baseball. Just loves baseball. Would you know get them like you like the three of us get wrestling tapes. And a prank on one of them was the hot foot that they would do in the dugout. And they would sneak up behind one of the other players. And take something flammable, other matches, toilet paper, tape, whatever, something flammable, wrap chewing gum around it, take the gum, wrap it around the back of their sneakers, and light one thing. So it would, it, that would act as almost a fuse, 
give whoever's playing the prank time to run away. And then all of a sudden they get hot foot because they have this thing wrapped around the back of their foot that has enough coming out of it. Rose here is trying to light one match against her in the middle of the ring. It's not going to do anything. Honestly, bringing it like lighting fire to the whole pack or whole book or whole whatever of matches would have made more sense than just this one-on-one thing here. Yeah, it's just to set up the moment of Fiji smashing her foot down on her hand, but it doesn't even work well. Even the match booking committee is failing me here. What? What? Why, did you say something? I always say something. Yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> All right, so we follow that up with Beefty's Beanery. We get our shampoo commercial. We get Mountain Fiji, Mountain Fiji Dream Sequence with Justice. And that leads us to match number four on the card, which is Rocky Aster with Tiffany taking on Havana and MTV, the AOK DJ. The funny thing right now, guys, is the educator's on mute, and he doesn't realize it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So what were you saying about our AOK DJ, Melody Trouble Vixen? No, actually, I was talking about Roxy here. We see Roxy here, hopefully not going to do another botched spot, dropping somebody on their head. Um, we got the Park Avenue knockouts against MTV and Habana, and... Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Kevin Hellions Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Hot Tag of the Week. Kevin, take it away. It's because of the gloves, isn't it? (laughs) So push it over. All right, welcome to any new listeners. In case you're not aware, every episode, these two on their own will pick one match for me to call based on my own show notes. While watching show, I take down notes, just little things to remind me of things that happened during the match. They're not as thorough as the educators, though. They're my own, and they are comical sometimes. There's something. (laughs) So these are my own notes. I did not know which match I would be calling. Roxy Astor and Tiffany Million, Tiffany Mellons versus MTV and Habana. We have the rubber gloves and the Lysol are out. Roxy is very nervous about how dirty Habana is because of her cigars. Habana jumps Roxy. Oh, the gloves are off, literally. Habana whips Roxy across the face with the rubber gloves. Roxy fights back. Tiffany sprays Habana with the Lysol while in the corner. We have two-on-one heel tactics from the faces here, Tiffany and Roxy. Habana fights back, straddles, and slaps Roxy. Big punch to Roxy's stomach. Roxy fights, er, comes back with a very bad hip toss out of it. Habana and MTV then double-team Roxy. We have a proper tag. Roxy makes a proper tag back to Tiffany... Uh, to make Tiffany a legal person while they are both standing in the middle of the ring, though. Tiffany rams MTV into the mat. MTV rides Tiffany, and then Tiffany runs her into the buckle to escape from it. Tiffany tries a splash, but MTV kicks her away as she's coming down. Tiffany then lays in the stops to Tiffany's 
or sorry, MTV then lays in the stamps to Tiffany's bot. MTV continues to lay in the kicks. MTV then misses a knee and Tiffany uses this to tag out. Roxy starts twisting MTV's legs. I am not sure what she's supposed to be doing here. She's not going for submission moves. She's not really hurting her. She's just kind of twisting up the legs a bit. The heels collide and are knocked down. We have double splashes from the faces. And then the ref continues to take five more minutes of the match to check everyone's shoulders and make sure they're actually down for the, the count. And Tiffany and Roxy win the match. The thing I don't get with him checking the shoulders is that, like, the way the ladies were positioned, he was not checking their shoulders. Like, he could not see nope. where the shoulders were down on either set of pinfalls happening. It's just, I don't know what the referee was thinking. It's just crazy. This is why they get so mad at him in the locker room. Everybody. I bet. And this has been your Kevin Hellions Glow Breakdown. Anything you want to add, Educator, besides the insight into the shoulders? I've got nothing. I think Hellions held his own today. Did all right. Made us proud. Giving us a little bit of his uh, color commentating with uh, the play-by-play. That that tag in the middle of the ring is bad. It's not even yeah, a heel like, tag. It's not like walk, we're slapping they our They walk hands. over to the corner. They're both standing like a third of the way from the corner. And then they high five each other so that Tiffany can now be the legal member. Of the yeah. It just it does not make sense. At and, all. And, and then MTV's not kicking like Tiffany's legs, which could hurt for move or her back or her or her arms, like something that would make sense to wear down your opponent. She's kicking her in the butt. Yeah. Like how many times do you have to pound someone in the butt to actually get them to submit? Yeah. <laughs> you did that on purpose, didn't you? You did that on purpose. I don't know. How many times do you have to pound someone in the butt to make them submit, Kevin? One, two, three. Three. Ah, 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 ah. Oh. All right. So, uh, we get a shampoo commercial. Uh, we get country girl dates, and then uh, oh, I forgot we got an easy as KGB Nanachka uh, with talking to the governor, missile like silos, yeah. and the governor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that leads us to our main event of night two of Glow, our our second event here. It's a twenty eight girl battle royal to win thirty thousand dollars, but every girl has to give a thousand dollars to even get into the thing, so. The glow. Where's the other two Johnny grand C putting in the two grand? Johnny C for a grand and the ref for a grand. Okay, well we'll go with that. Uh, what did you What <laughs> did you think of this battle royal? Um, I they did an intro for all of the girls. Did either of you count? Because I did the best I could to keep up with all the eliminations, and obviously some of them are probably going to happen off camera. I only had sixteen eliminations that I was able to have tallies for. Did either of you actually count to see if there was actually all 28? I, no, I was starting to keep track. And then all of a sudden people were on the floor that I didn't see go out. And right. I'm like, all right, so did you actually get eliminated? And it wasn't even over the top to the floor. It was over the top Just to over the, the mat, to, which to there's the still apron, like right. two feet of space. Right. And they could still like drag people from the apron over onto the floor or that you just they never went back to the locker room after the match. They just continued to just hang out there for most of the time. Which did make the fighting interesting, though, with everyone still out there. I didn't right. like that. 
yeah, no, I, I did not keep track. <laughs> um, so, Educator, why don't you break down this battle royal? All right, the best we can. We see the first elimination being Godiva. She's got a side headlock on one of the uh, on one of the Park Avenue knockouts and a head scissors on the other. So she's trying to essentially drag them both over the top rope, but both Tiffany and Roxy are able to pump the brakes before they end up going over the rope and they end up pushing Godiva over the top rope onto the floor. The next elimination shows Nanachka slamming Tiffany Mellon over the top rope onto the apron. Babe and Sally end up tossing Hollywood over the top rope uh, towards the floor for the next elimination on, on film. Liberty gets tossed out by Big Bad Mama in a big pile schmaz as all the ladies were kind of working in the corner attempting to get Mountain Fiji uh, over the top rope, but Big Bad Mama ends up pushing Liberty over the top rope to the floor. We then see Big Bad Mama get eliminated by four of the face ladies working together, Justice, Babe, Sally, and Roxy Astor. We see Major Tanya get eliminated by a double drop kick from both Thunderbolt and Lightning working together. Zelda was eliminated by Daisy. Ninochka is able to eliminate Sally, sending her over the top onto the floor. We see Justice and Roxy work together, and they toss Habana over the top rope to the apron, then onto the floor. Ninochka is able to eliminate Roxy Astor with a headlock uh, that she turns into basically a hip toss over the top to the floor. We see Sally, the farmer's daughter, eliminated by a de facto team of MTV and Broadway Rose working together. And we see Ninochka and Daisy work together to Irish whip Justice and send her over the top rope onto the floor. So as we get back to the or towards the end of the match here, we've got four heel ladies versus Mountain Fiji. We have Daisy, Broadway Rose, MTV, and Ninochka left. Mountain Fiji is able to scoop slam Daisy and toss her over the top rope onto the floor. Mountain Fiji then basically does a side suplex slam to Ninochka, picking her up and lifting her over the top rope onto the apron and eliminating Ninochka. Mountain Fiji ends up scooping Broadway Rose over the top rope onto the floor. And last but not least, uh, MTV, who climbs up to the top rope, starts berating Mountain Fiji about picking on someone her own size, which is why she's climbed to the top rope. Mountain Fiji is able to catch uh, MTV before she's able to dive and impressingly picks her up for a press slam and walks around the ring kind of parading MTV around like where is she going to send her where is she going to toss her Fiji ends up doing a military press tossing MTV over the top rope onto a bunch of the heel ladies that are standing on the floor your winner of the match Mountain Fiji who by my records here had a hell of a cash in of a night by winning $15,000, technically, you know, 10 of it was her own, but, but you know, an extra $5,000 in her match earlier with the Broadway Rose Hollywood, and then she wins $30,000, technically 1,000 of it was hers, but $30,000 by winning, you know, this battle royal. I mean, that's, I mean, whew, 45 grand, what a night. kind of like nice you have that game store 
Yeah, right? Post-match, we see uh, the big presentation of the check from Johnny Seed giving that $30,000 Battle Royal winning check to Mountain Fiji. We see from behind, Dementia runs into the ring, ends up stealing the check, and then she hands it over to Big Bad Mama, who Big Bad Mama is now parading around the ring that she's got the check. And we hear ring announcer Johnny C saying, Hey, you're not the winner. You don't deserve that check. You'll not be, you'll, you can't cash that check. It won't clear. It wasn't going to clear anyway. Uh, but the show awkwardly ends with Big Mad Mama responding, like, It doesn't matter as long as she doesn't get it. I'm not going to cash this check. We just don't want Mountain Fiji to have it. I mean, honestly, it's probably a blank check because it would have to be made out to the winner of the match and they haven't had time to yet. So Big Bad Mama could just write Big Bad Mama on the check and be able to cash it. Also, for the ladies that complain every episode that they're not getting paid, Big Bad Mama is the face of the night because now they have all have the $1,000 they had to put up to be in this match back. So no no one won 30000 but none of them are out 1000 now either now that this check is null and void. Why does dementia stealing the check make it funnier? Like better than if it was Hollywood or Broadway Rose or whoever. Or known to be like, you know, five finger discounters and all that stuff, right? Yeah, dementia doing it just makes it even better for some reason. Um, Most impressive move I've seen so far from Mountain Fiji there with just pressing MTV and walking to all four sides of the ring before tossing her out. And it wasn't. Because we see press slams now where the person on top has their hand like on the shoulders or on the body of the person doing it, adding support to it. MTV's just flailing. That is all Mountain Fiji. That's all Mountain Fiji. And she's got, in the way that she had her picked up, um, she she had one arm under an armpit and the other arm like on the uh, opposite like thigh and just was very well positioned and just carrying her all around the ring itself. Obviously, it helped by her. Uh, MTV being on the top rope. So it was just essentially, I'm going to try to jump for a cross body, but she got caught for a military press slam. But yeah, there's no support give back from MTV whatsoever. She's flailing her arm. Like, don't toss me here. Don't toss me there kind of deal. Yeah. And and for flailing too, like, so she's shifting her center of gravity too. And Fiji still has her up the whole time. Um, And with all the women out here. And like we said before, for other things, you can tell who's, doesn't forget they're on camera and quote making the most of their minutes and who's just out there until they're eliminated and just wasting the time out there. Right. There are quite a few that were, you know, stars the entire time they're out there and making sure some attention's on them and others that were just like, all right, I'll be out here here in a minute. Just got to wait that minute. It's kind of like how I used to work for treats. I was like, all right, I'm out of here soon. I'm done putting any effort in today. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so we just follow that up with the mirror mirror segment uh, we get our don't do drugs PSA with Hollywood um, then we get our credits and then Johnny C gets stuffed into a trash can by Daisy well she she's going to be collateral at the bank Johnny C said hey this will be a long term loan but apparently Daisy didn't think it was fun to make fun of her yeah so and that's uh, episode 8 of uh, Glow Nanachka's Rain Part 8 it's funny that they call some of these Nanachka's Rain when really she's barely on some of these shows. Like she was on this one, and but the one before she wasn't. Right. Well, she was in the women's tag eliminator. She wasn't really yeah, Raymond, I mean, though. 
Yeah, definitely not. It, it, it's like a monarchy. Even though the king or queen isn't present, it's still within their reign. Right. So um, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, educator, what do you want to say to the people out there? First of all, I want to thank my two co-hosts today for definitely a great show. I want to say thank you to all of our uh, listeners out there who are chiming in on a weekly basis on both the hot tag as well as our regular Thursday show. We thank you for your support. As always, please, please check out the Retro Network. Lots of different offerings. Definitely something on there to keep you entertained. Yeah, and I just want to say, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Maddie Treats. Once again, that is at Maddie Treats. Uh, thank you to uh, my two friends here, uh, the educator and uh, Kevin, for, for going on this journey with me. Thank you to the Retro Network, and thank you to all of you that listen. Uh, tune in next Monday and Thursday for more hot house show action. Uh, and Kevin Hallian, are you ready to pound some butt and submit? Bye. Uh, all right. Why don't you take it away? All right. Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you for Pluto for providing the content. Thank you to Richard Reader and Jason Gross for our logos. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow Matt online at Matty Treats. You can follow me online at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is the home blog. Uh, go ahead and check out the show notes for Patreon merchandise, all sorts of cool stuff. Check out our friends over at, at Odds with Wrestling. And guys, guys. Did you know, speaking of money being spent on this episode tonight, did you know that Tiffany Mellon and Roxy Esther bought Lamborghinis? No, I, I, I didn't. Well? I did not, Kevin. Yeah. Do you know how you get a Lamborghini? Tell us. You have to get a Sheepergini and a Ramborghini to fall in love. Get a lamb. always something it's always something. how long have you been holding that one back <laughs> <laughs> like seriously how long have you been sitting on that one like oh this one's gonna be good guys i, I was hoping that there was gonna be like a really good tiffany roxy like showcase thing and then i thought oh we just use it disgusting <laughs> you need a what and a what to a sheeper genie and a what <laughs> This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.